Hola. <laughs> that just came to me. Hi, this is Jen Grant, and you're Hi, listening. Hi, this is Graham K. Hi, you are listening. This is Adam Fox, and you're listening. This is to Dylan the... Mandelson, and you're listening to the. This is Brian Hat, and you are listening to the Julian. Hi, this is the word man of Alcatraz. Señores, señores. Hey, everybody! This is Little Darren Frost. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Fabio Mantovan, and you're listening to Julian Dion. This is Dave Sidhu, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Podcast. Podcast hour. Showcase. You are listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Hola. Such a beautiful waste of time. What is up? Welcome to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast, episode 16, specifically. Oh, shit, yeah. Coming at you, of course, from Lemon Press Studios in the Distillery District, downtown Toronto. Hey. Oh, how are you today? How you doing? Are you good? Yeah, 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 good. I'm glad you're good. I'm really good. This is the thing I... I that, was, that was annoying. I, <laughs> I, for the first time in close to a year, I had caffeine before coming here. Not even a full dose. I had a half-calf, half-decaf, half-decaf coffee, and I'm buzzing. I can feel my hair growing. I'm freaking out. Uh, this I think I'm gonna be hooked again. This is my personality. No, I can fight this. I don't have to be hooked again. I don't need this. Take it easy. Yeah, I had a half calf coffee, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like anxious. I'm full of anxiety. I'm like jittery. Are you all right? I don't know if I'm all right. I hope you're good. Thanks for listening. Always, I appreciate it. Thanks for the feedback. Getting lots of emails. Email the show pod pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Yeah. Caffeine. Hashtag. If you're in Toronto, come to Absolute Comedy tonight, November 11th. That's Tuesday, November 11th, which is Remembrance Day here in Canada. Memorial Day, lest we forget, where we remember our veterans. Past and present that have served our country, we salute you. We salute you. I don't feel like I have the authority to say we salute you. I guess we. I guess I do. Yeah, we salute you. 
It's a, uh, it's a day of reflection here in Canada. And uh, where if you work for the government, you're off. That's how we celebrate. Sleep in. I do have some military uh, presence in my family. Can you say that? Military pre I guess. Anyway, my father, my dad served in the Air Force for eight years back in the late 60s, early 70s. In fact, all my uncles, there were seven brothers, seven Dion corporals, all Air Force. And they served their country. And my uh, grandmother's brother served in World War II. He was assassinated by a sniper. That's good. Happy comedy podcasting, everybody. But all that to say, just an aside, uh, we have uh, full respect to the soldiers who even today are serving the country, putting it all on the line for our freedom. I don't think I could do it. Could you? I think most of us couldn't. I think it requires a really special person to uh, take that duty on. All right. It's hard to kind of segue from from such selfless acts to my petty life. But here we go. I drove here. And uh, something happens to me when I drive. Where... Because I'm a pretty even keel, sort of laid back, relaxed kind of guy. But something happens where as soon as I get behind the wheel of my car, the, whole, the car transforms into a fuselage of rage. I just irrationally angry right away, immediately. Nothing even happens. And I was driving here and someone, I was following a person, a car, driver. And we get to an intersection and they stop and then put their blinker on. And wait to turn left. And I, that just threw, I just went off the deep end. I, I just lost it. I actually uttered the words out loud to myself in the car. Dumb fuck. Last minute blinker bullshit. Out loud, just to myself. Dumb fuck. Last minute blinker bullshit. What? How is that good for anybody? And it really puts it in perspective when you see, like, because I'm the only one affected by this rage. The other person couldn't care. I didn't even honk. There was no honking. There was no nothing. It was so, so passive-aggressive. I just, I, to myself, out loud, uttered those words. Because how dare he forget to put his blinker until the last second, or she, creating me to then take... Seven seconds, if that, to go around them. It literally took, at, at the most, seven seconds. It actually took me longer to utter the words, dumb fuck, last minute blinker bullshit, than it did to go around the guy. You dumb fuck. They're just going about their day, doing their thing. Oh, forgot my blinker. All of a sudden, this guy behind is just fuming. Dumb fuck to a fellow human. A person with a family and friends. Someone who's contributing to society, arguably more than I am. At that moment, dumb fuck. And it really, I was gonna, I was gonna say, it, it's really like you're. It puts it in perspective how no one else is affected by road rage for the most part than you are, or at least at that extent. Then it's really apparent when you see someone else freaking out in their little bubble. It's like, oh my God, yeah, no, you're, what are you doing in your own world? Anyway, that person at that moment 
enemy. Sworn enemy. How dare you make me fucking go around, you son of a bitch. And I went around and then I was fine. Instant cool until something else happens just down the road. And I'm such a hypocrite when it comes to road rage and pedestrians. I am a full-blown hypocrite because if I'm at a red light and I'm turning right and uh, there's some pedestrians crossing, so I can't quite turn right right away, I'm, I, I freak out. I'm like, yeah, take. could you go any slower? Take your time, asshole. I will run the shit over you. I'll run you over right now with my car. I will end your life. I'll wipe you from this planet. Go to prison. I don't give a fuck. Prison's worth it. I'd rather go to prison for 25 years than wait 11 seconds for you to walk across the fucking street. I get so angry when I'm in my car, yet when I'm a pedestrian crossing the street and someone's like itching forward, inching forward to, to turn right, I'm like, you, yeah, try me. I'm walking. I'm the pedestrian. I have the right of way. I'm going to actually go slower now. Don't you even try to turn. I will punch the shit out of the hood of your car. I always imagine that. I always fantasize for like 10 seconds of like someone inching a little too close and I just punch the shit out of the hood of their car, which would probably, in result, you know, break my hand and, and they come out and there's an argument and I have to run, which I would. But anyway, just such a hypocrite. I'm just feeling way more emotions. I think it's from the Meisner class that I've been, I talked about two episodes ago. I'm just I'm expressing more. It sort of peeled off all of the filters that I had, and now I'm experiencing life a little raw, and, and it's uh, like I get extra angry. I get, I fight the urge to cry now on a daily basis. On the daily. I was going to say on the daily, but a daily came out and then it didn't sound right. I fight the urge to cry on the daily. Like, and not for real reasons to cry. Not not anything. Uh, like, I watch TV and, and I'll be watching Master Chef. And an underdog will cook a really nice dish. And all three judges are like floored and then the music kicks in and the... And they talk to them like they just saved the world. You know, you really stepped up today. We hadn't seen much of you and I, I was expecting... I've, I've been waiting because I know your potential. I've been waiting for this moment and finally it happened. And you, you've arrived. I would now place you in the top contenders. You're one to watch. You're one to beat everybody else. Have a look at this dish. This is how it's done. This is the dish to beat. Congratulations. You should be really proud of yourself. And I'm... Every fiber in my being is fighting the urge to ball. I don't know what's happening happening to me. Or here's a thing I've been watching on YouTube. And I don't even fight the urge to ball. I just cry my eyes out. I've been watching a lot of videos of soldiers returning from s- service. And this is topical. It's Remembrance Day. If you want to cry your face off, go to YouTube and just type in soldier returning home and uh, returning home to their 
family or their dogs. That's I ball my eyes out. There's a dog. The dog's just playing in the yard, and they throw the throw the ball, and the soldier comes out, and when the dog brings the dog the ball back, it's the soldier there, and the dog freaks out. I'm like borderline puking. I'm crying so much. Can you relate to that? Do you do you relate? Email me pod pod at jdcomedyhour.com. All right, let's get to my guest today. She's one of my faves, favorite people, let alone comedians. She's great, very very talented. We were roommates in New York City for just over two years, and we had a great chat. She's a lot of fun, and uh, so yeah, enjoy my chat with Christine Von Hagen. You and me belong Just like the flowers Laughing all day long People I need to lose Sing a little song Then take a shower Julian Dion Comedy Hour I gotta tell you this Don't judge me when I tell you this Just hear me out I recently went to my eye exam drunk. Don't worry about it, it could happen to you tomorrow. It's not as hard as it sounds, because eye exams don't happen very often, right? So the eye exam was booked way in the future and forgotten about. Then I went to a birthday brunch and I got all liquored up. Then I remembered I had the eye exam, and I'm like, well, if I cancel now, I'm gonna have to pay. So I'm like, screw it, I'm going, you know? But I'm hammered, so I'm like, screw it, I'm going, eye exam! Don't go to your eye exam drunk. There's no winners at the drunk eye exam. Because eye exams are confusing enough at the best of times. Like the whole thing with the lenses, like the one or two. One or two, two or three. Three or four, four or five, five or one. One or five, six or seven, two or nine. Eight or four, two or three, three or eight. I'm like, screw it, two. (laughs) Just put me down for two, man, two. Two's my answer. So I actually left this eye exam with a prescription for glasses. (laughs) And now I don't know if I actually need glasses or if I have a prescription to drive drunk. (laughs) My friends will be like, Christine, you've had six vodka sodas. I'm like, it's okay, I have my glasses. (laughs) Everything is two, man. Don't worry about it. Okay, and that was my guest who sits in front of me today. I'm startled. I'm so scared right now. <laughs> we sit in her empty apartment, both in our pajamas. This is a slumber potty, P-O-D-D-Y. Oh, slumber oh. potty. <laughs> uh, we're doing it up. New school. What? All right. That was my guest that you heard uh, just now. She's uh, one of the best in the business uh, as well. She's one of my favorite people in this world, uh, period. But in uh, the comedy business, she's done well for herself. She has uh, taped three galas at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. She's won, f- I should have done it this way, the countdown. She's won four <laughs> Canadian Comedy Awards. That's four-time Comedy Award winner. Three galas at the prestigious Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. She's recorded two, that's two Comedy Now specials on the Comedy Network. And she's been to one Winnipeg Comedy Festival. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do it all. You can't. (laughs) And uh, she's also been uh, on CBC Debaters several times, and she's been hailed. This is a good one. She's been hailed one of uh, Canada's top 30 power women by Elle magazine. That's right. She sits in front of me, Christine Von Hagen. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. 
What do you think of my empty apartment? I like it. <laughs> so many memories. All I f- gone. I feel we're like at the end of a sitcom where like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when yeah. we're like moving out. But I, I wish I was like going off to college or something good. It's just. Well, you're going to Vegas, which is kind of like college, but for life. <laughs> for life. A life college. I know. I'm going to life college. Uh, first of all, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we made it happen. Second of all, how you doing? Good, good. I've been in the middle of a move, so I'm yeah. super crabby. Moving from Toronto to vague diggity. But the problem is I don't need anything in this apartment because I have all I need in yeah, well, Vegas. Yeah, you've, you've so, been living there yeah. for a while. You're just sort of... Uh, vacating. Yeah, vacating the premises. Yeah. You were subletting for the summer. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's go back a little bit. Let's sort of go through the, the timeline, the Christine Von Hagen timeline. Oh, I didn't if know there'd be a quiz. There is a quiz. But you should know the answers because most of the answers involve you. Oh, shit. Uh, so you started comedy in the late 90s. Yes. 97, I'm going to guess. 97 or 98. 97, 98. Yeah. In Vancouver. Yep. At a club called Punchlines, which no longer exists, but mm-hmm. was awesome. And you're originally from Victoria. Victoria, the so island kissed by the sun. <laughs> the sun kiss. That reminds me of the uh, self-tan uh, <laughs> sun kiss. Loose. Um so you're from uh, Victoria, you do comedy in uh, Vancouver for the first time, and you had a really, st- like, you were off to the races. Is that a, an expression? Off to yeah. the yeah, off to All the right. race. Not really. I mean, I did it in Tr- uh, Vancouver for like a year, then came out to Toronto for the summer, and then just stayed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it was a different time. Because you've done a lot of, of, of amazing things really early on in your career that's kind of unheard of, especially nowadays. I mean... Uh, you know, to record, because you recorded your first gala five years in, something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Maybe and even it, slightly less. I think it was 2001, right Right before terrorism. Right. Yeah, so 2001. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's a good one, and it still plays all the time. I know, it's haunting. The wrestling bit. and Yeah, uh, <laughs> classic, classic Von Hagen. Okay, so and, and in your first year, how much comedy did you actually do in Vancouver? You know what? In my first year, I was scared, and then everyone would be like, you got to get up as much as you can, and then I'd always be like, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did uh, a fair amount. Like, I was like... I wasn't one of those people who's like, I want to get on every stage and like, look, there's three homeless people. I'm going to do my weird jokes for them. <laughs> right. I was like all shy. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I did it. I liked it. Came to Toronto. And actually your dad, uh, whom I, hang, I hung up I with. I know, you're always hanging out with my parents, <laughs> which is creepy. <laughs> Anytime I'm in Victoria, I'm sure to hit up the, the Von Hagens. <laughs> and uh, your dad was saying that, I don't know if this was your first set or one of the first you did at the Tally Ho in Victoria. Yes. And you did like two minutes or something yes, like that. Yes, of course. And you were young. You were like 18 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I was said? 18 and I wasn't even allowed to be in the Tally Ho, but because I was performing, it was okay. And then I was like, oh, I have like, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes. And then literally did like two minutes and freaked out <laughs> the tally ho i had sean prowlov on and he talked about it a little bit that was kind of a nightmare gig was it mm-hmm. not it was like a gazebo within a gazebo and it was like it was like a biker bar and the slogan outside was fun at the hoe <laughs> and it was like in a shady part of victoria is there a thing yes there is a thing like that and it was like yeah just super haunting but i was just like I mean, I was like a big comedy fan. Like I would listen, like I watched SNL Mm -hmm. and I was obsessed with David Letterman, like Mm -hmm. hardcore, watched every night, would actually write letters into viewer mail. 
Nice. And then I'd make my friends come over. These are like high school girls, and I'd force them. I'd be like, "This is the week I'm getting on viewer mail," and I never got on viewer never mail. Never got on. Never got on. Yeah, too bad. yeah I, I remember you had a. Well, you probably still have it. A Letterman um, fridge magnet. Yes, yes. Fr- fridge at uh, in New York. Um, Okay. And the Tally Ho set, how early on was that? Was that like one of your firsts? That was my first for Oh, your sure. first yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how yeah. did you get up at that place as your first I don't know. Come? It was the only place in Victoria. And I phoned Shit. as a lark. Because it was also like radio shows you could listen to. I forget what they were called. Like the Sunday Funnies or something. And it mm-hmm. would like barely come in from this uh, radio station in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I would listen and it would just play clips. And that's also like back in the day of like evening at the improv. Like we're talking like 90... Well, I must have been out of high school. So, yeah, it must have been like 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yikes. That's crazy. When Aerosmith was popular. <laughs> That's when I started doing comedy. Uh, okay, and then you mo- make the move to Toronto. What what sort of um, makes that, like, what makes you do that? You just... Well, I d- started doing comedy, yeah, like mostly in Vancouver. And then, you know, all the Vancouver comics at the time... We go off to, you know, and I was not really yucks then. I was uh, independent, so mm-hmm. they were all would go and do the, um, oh, what was it called? The Laugh Resort. Oh, my God, right. my mind. I know this is a quiz, and I should know <laughs> all the answers. So, anyway, uh, there was another comic named Ophira Eisenberg, and we were, like, best comedy buddies. And we decided to go out for the summer, and then it was just, like, compared to Vancouver, because the, the punchlines was closing or had closed. So, we went out to Vancouver, but uh, Toronto. But it was like, you know, magical. Like there were all these open mics. Right. Like this is when like Spirits was starting. Like mm-hmm. I was one of the original, like just would do Spirits every week. Like that's when I was really like, oh my God, comedy. Right. Like every week I was at Spirits. There was another show on Sundays called The Pilot. And it's also like when you're young, you care about comedy. Like you have like new friendships and like yeah. cute boys and like it's all, you know, exciting. And, and you kind of have to in the beginning. Oh, you so have to yeah. be obsessed and you have to be willing to go out and sit through garbage shows and, yeah. you know, like no spirits like now. I know I'm talking about this weird open mic in Toronto, but like it's, you know, packed every week and, you know, it's mm-hmm. really magical. But like then it was just like management wasn't really sold and there was like a transvestite named Kathy who would come and it was like 25 cent wing day and she'd eat wings and throw bones at the comics if they were too dirty. And it was just like a freak show, but that was like every, you know, there was sort of a core group of people who Mm -hmm. went every week and we took it very seriously. And then I got into doing yak yaks and they used to do this thing like Monday was amateur night Mm -hmm. and they used to do this thing called sink or swim where they play a video after your uh, set and then there were like good videos and bombing videos. We talked about that in uh, in Ron Vaudry's episode. Oh, really? He, he, it was called Crash and Burn he when he did it. He started it. And when I was there, it was Jack, Jack Norman. Norman. Right. Yeah. And uh, there was a whole thing on the podcast we went through. Oh, and, yeah. And the shovel to the head. That was if you got the shovel to the head, you just felt like a piece of shit. And then. <laughs> what, what do you mean? They played a video of the shovel? Yeah, oh, like a guy it. kneeling and then someone else hits him <laughs> in the head with a right. shovel. And then this is like, obviously I was way more tender than I know. I'm like, oh, who cares? But it was like, I, I remember one time, because then if you did well, they'd ask like the best three people to come back on the Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember getting the shovel to the head and I was so mad. And then I had to go outside and cool my heels. And then I came back in there like, hey, do you want to come back Tuesday? And I was all like, no. Even that, which makes no sense because that's what you're aiming to do. Right. But I was so mad I got the video. They're like, oh, we just hadn't played that video yet. Like, 
Oh, that's I was, funny. Yeah, right, right, but right. I like took it super personally and was like <laughs> so mad. But yeah, it would like be like an atomic bomb or the shovel to the head or right. some woman getting And you just randomly got something. it because they hadn't played it that well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought, oh, I had a good set. Then I got the shovel to the head, which is like, you know, amateur night slap in the face. <laughs> and then I like had to go outside and was like, oh, comedy. And then it was like, oh, no, do you want to come back Tuesday? I was like, no. And what was your first big sort of opportunity? Was it the Just for Laughs Gala? I, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. And how does that come about so early on in your career? Uh, I think it wasn't that foreign. Like, I did a bunch that year. I did, like, the new faces, mm-hmm. and I did a gala, and I did, like, they used to have, like, a kick-ass all-women show called Eve's Tavern, hosted that year by jo- uh, Joy Behar. And, yeah, just, like, yeah, I got the trifecta. It was pretty sweet. That's great. It just came about. And you did it, and did you get any opportunity from that? Uh, what did I get from that? No, I mean, it's just, it's always like building. Like, I mean, it was definitely right. a positive thing. What's the name of the documentary that you're part of that, that was sort of... The Next Big Thing. The Next Big Thing. And that was right around that time. So that was already filming. Right. Oh, when, got it. Yeah. Got so it. they came to Just for Last, but they'd already been filming. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you had a lot of things, at least it, it's portrayed, uh, like a lot of things happening. You were considered for... Uh, a Fox sitcom was that it? Yeah, or like yeah. That? that was like an Andy Richter sitcom. Um, I mean, it, that must have been just amazing. I mean, sort of. I think it, now you can look back and be like, "Oh, that was whatever it was." But it, not real. Like it's just a journey. Like right. anyone who does well will have their like weird ups and downs. And For sure. Yeah, it's super. But when you have so many ups so early on, does it does it? To me, it seems like it would make it harder to sort of keep that expectation up there or do you, do you find like it's uh it almost makes it seem like not not easy but you're like oh um like i got this i'm this is gonna be amazing the whole time you know what i mean like yeah sort of i don't know like comedy's always changing because then you know like after that i went on tour with puppetry of the penis right so i was sort of out of the mix in general but i was playing like theaters every night right right and that was like a whole crazy thing unto itself and then I got into writing, which was probably a mistake. And uh, you've you know, had a lot of success in writing. Lots which we'll of get yeah. Into, so yeah. I wrote on like this hour and all mm-hmm. these other things. And then once you're kind of doing that, you're not really in the mix the same way. Right. So you kind of just I don't know. You, I think it's best to be well rounded and try everything. Right. And then you really know what you like and don't like. Is that how you got into writing? The 22 minutes was that your first sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was my first one. And how do you get into that for anyone listening that might be interested? They just asked for me. So yeah. Oh no, I way, so you didn't have to <laughs> actually like put a package together. I've never put a package together. <laughs> That's amazing. I have had a lot of sweet writing gigs, and I'm like, if they're like, oh, we need a package, I'm like, oh no, no. <laughs> Next one, then. You just pay me, and I'll. Because you've written uh, the Walk of Fame. You've I've done written, like yeah, Junos. like about four or five Walk of Fames, four Junos, uh, the Gemini's, which is now the Screen Awards. I've mm-hmm. written on both of those. And then I wrote on this weird CBCO show called Test the Nation for a bunch right. of their things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. And uh, and you went to LA also pretty early on ish. Yeah, well, I ended up. Well, what had happened was, I wanted to go to LA. Then I started working at this hour. Then I put in to get a green card, but mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, your green card's not going to be ready for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We're not even going to call you." And I was like, "Perfect." 
And then they called like two months later and were like, your green card's gone through. But what the green card is, you have to actually move. Right. You have to be there six months out of the year. Yeah. At least. And you have to like move to activate it. Oh, right. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So then that was sort of threw a whole wrench into the uh, the works. Because, and what year are you in this when this is happening? I mean, that's like probably eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know the math, you know. So like eight-ish years in probably? Eight-ish. Yeah. Seven or eight years in? Yeah. So that was sort of... It was weird because I wasn't really ready. Like, I was wanted to go, but it was suddenly like, oh, you have to go, like, within the next, like, two months. Right. You have to move everything. Where I wasn't prepped to do that. But, I mean, it just all happened. Mm-hmm. And then I moved down with Nikki Payne, and we lived in this weird... Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. You and Nikki? Yep. And we subletted this apartment from a guy my, hus- my now husband knows. And then what had happened was... We didn't know any of this. So we go to this apartment and to sublet... And it looks like somebody had been there that morning. Like, so we go in, there's like, like a coffee cup and like glasses <laughs> on a table. And we're like, well, this is obviously the place. And then what had happened was the guy was like an actor and like lost it and decided to become a priest and just like took off to become a priest. No shit. But then, so this other guy was subletting from that guy. Right. But then the priest didn't know we were subletting from the middle guy. Right, right. And then, like, all these people were phoning, like, hey, Joe, where are you? Kind of thing. And we're just like, (laughs) And then that was all insane. And so that (laughs) didn't last forever. And then I moved in with Christina Walkinshaw. Right. At a house on Detroit Street, 202 South Detroit. Don't go there. We're not there now. (laughs) And uh, that was fun. And we lived in a house of, like... Eight girls, people living literally like in cupboards. Like my room was the dining room. <laughs> was it all comics? All comics or like actresses. It right. was all a lot of like hot babes too. Like I remember one day everyone's like in their like short shorts, like sucking on a like um oh, not lollipops popsicles popsicles. Right. <laughs> and I was like, we could like get a webcam and make some serious <laughs> money on this. Like, it's all these like L.A. babes sucking on like popsicles in short shorts. I'm like. This is perverted, and I'm an adult straight woman. Um, And so, yeah, like my bedroom was the dining room. Mm -hmm. And one of the old roommates who had moved out, she had won a dining room set on The Price is Right. Oh, right, yeah. So, like, my cupboard was like a hutch. Like, it was all crazy. (laughs) Anyway, that was a fun apartment. And then I moved to Valley Village and lived back with... Angelo Sarukis mm-hmm. and Anna Silk, who's now Lost Girl. Okay. And yeah. Nikki also lived at that apartment for a while. I don't know how that all happened anyway. And uh, so we all lived in that crazy apartment in the valley. Describe a little bit what LA was like back then. Like, and, and personally, did you ever feel like, holy shit, this is happening? Like, I'm in LA, I'm a comic, or you're just I've sort of doing it? I've never felt like that. You're just doing yeah. it and, and whatever. Yeah, it is it is. I don't really, yeah, I don't. Because it's like, yeah, until something, I've definitely always been like, until something is actually happening. Right. Like, I hear all these people like, oh, I'm going to LA and this and that. It's like, no, you're not. Right, right. (laughs) I don't know how to tell you that, but I mean, something could happen. Yeah. But until you're like walking on the stage at Letterman or walking on the stage, like you're not doing jack shit. And what was your plan when you're going down there? Was it just, I'm, I have to go to activate the green card? I don't really have a plan? Or did you have contacts? No, I had zero plan and mm-hmm. zero management. And then just kind of did spots and hung out. I'm very into hanging out. Yeah. Which has probably ruined my career. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really that 
you know, like epic things happen and then nothing happens. Like right. it's so weird. And the like, ebbs and flows of the business, yeah. of course. So I don't really get too caught up in like, oh, this is it. Like there's never been a moment where I'm like, this is happening. Right. I mean, there's definitely been points where I'm like, this is awesome. Right, right. Or like, this is what I want to be doing. And then to points where I was like, wow, I have no gigs. Yeah, yeah. And this is depressing. I mean, that happens, yeah. And the problem is because I started dating my husband right before I got my green card. Mm-hmm. So we, I had to, I came, I didn't have to do anything, but I came back to Toronto all the time. So I kind of be in LA, right. hang out, do like some spots. And where was Luch at that time? He was in Toronto. In Toronto. And then I'd come back up to Toronto and then kind of have my full Toronto life and like do writing gigs and just, you know, do yuck yucks and mm-hmm. be up here with him. Then I'd go back down. Mm-hmm. So I never really fully committed to LA the way Got it, right. I should have. Um, just because, you know, I was always like one foot in Canada, one foot there. Right. And then sometimes if you don't really know, like, you know, like, you know, I can come up, not now, but you know, I could come up here and get spots easily and have paid work and I had been doing paid work for a long time. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, oh, drive to this weird place, like in San Bernardino and do like a free spot for five minutes. And I'm like... Mm, I've been paid for like eight years. Yeah, yeah. So that didn't really appeal to me the mm-hmm. way it should have, like when I started, where I was like, yeah, I'll do any, like I just get on stage. And for the love of it, I'm like, no, I'd rather like, you know, go to City Walk. <laughs> right. Or like go to the Grove and hang out than go and, because I've done that all. Right. But like you kind of needed to participate more. But then I was like, forget it. I'm in LA. Who cares? Did you have a car? You have- I would rent cars for months at a time. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, because I was again always going back and forth, back and forth, and it was still cheaper to rent a car than to have it and then not be there for three months. Right. And you had a condo at at one point. Was that after Toronto or L.A. rather? That was during L.A. I bought it right before. Like literally I had no plans to move. Right. Uh, like in any sort of urgency. Bought a condo right around doing. Um, actually, it was just before I went to uh, this hour is 22 minutes. So I was like pretty committed. Then the green card just came through. So then I had to like. You know, Luch lived in the condo, and then we subletted it for a while, and then I had to sell it, and so it was like a whole kerfuffle. What a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and how long were you in L.A.? I don't know, like a few years, mm-hmm. but like, again, like half time. Right. I'd say like five Bargain. years, but like half the time. Right, right. Yeah. And then you moved back to Toronto, or did you go from L.A. to New York? Then I moved to New York. From L.A.? Basically, it, well, well, yeah. Well, since you were kind of both places, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so I basically, yeah, moved to New York. But then again, spent like half my time. I mean, then you got into the mix. Right. Yeah. Let's then, let's talk about that a little bit. So you yes. were in New York for probably a year when I moved there, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. Something maybe a little like less. A little less, I think. Because that was like a New Year's Eve right. romance that started, was it not? <laughs> right. Yeah. And what month did you, do you remember when you moved to, to, it was 2008 at some point. Yeah. Maybe like the fall or something. Yeah, I, I moved the July of two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it was not even a year. Nice try. <laughs> so yeah, so I moved in with Jen and Stacia. Stacy. Stacy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we had a sweet ass pad in Queens that Jen and Stacia got. Right. And um, let's describe the pad a little bit. It was it was a sweet pad. It was until a- it tried to kill us. It was <laughs> the best. It was first of right. all a block and a half from the subway, the mm-hmm. end train. Mm-hmm. 
had everything we could possibly need. 18 bars within four minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then like Starbucks, Key Foods, the world's <laughs> best grocery store. I actually just found a Key Foods bag and I was all like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, and had everything. And uh, and then, like you said, it, the apartment tried to kill you. This is pre me moving in. It was was that uh, pre you moving in? Well, when I moved in, there was still oh yeah, because like, you had come down a lot. Yeah, but then yeah, okay, right, right, right. Bed bugs almost killed you. <laughs> and Jen, yeah, bed bugs literally tried to kill us. That is one of the worst things I've ever been through by far. Yeah, and if you haven't, if you're like that, sounds over dramatic. It was the worst. Like they can actually drive you crazy. No, like, people have gone insane because of bed bugs, and Jen and I were very close. Because you can't sleep. First of all, I'm super sensitive, so I was like covered in bites that were so itchy. Mm-hmm. Jen talks about this time one time, covered in bites, like covered, like picture mosquito bites, but you're already like allergic to them. Right. Covered in bites, I get into the shower, and I'm just screaming because <laughs> I was so itchy, and like we couldn't sleep. And we became like psychos. Yeah, and they, they fuck with you because, again, for those who don't know or have experienced bed bugs, they're they're so tiny that you can you can't. Re- I mean, you can see them, but barely. But you can feel them. So it's the, at night, and you can kind of feel them on you. Yeah. And then they bite you. I luckily never react to to them. So whether or not they bit me, I wouldn't even know. Right. Like an even luch. Men aren't. First of all, the hairy legs, hairy arms, right. different thing. Um, as you can imagine, I'm completely nude. No, and uh, but like, yeah, just certain types, and especially women, like, are like, we were both so covered in bites, like, and, and it was, <laughs> it was like no other place, uh, because okay, so when I moved in, they were the the big, um, sort of wave of bed bugs was gone, yeah, but we would still get bites every so often, and I remember. We had the exterminator come. He was coming like once a week and yeah. he couldn't even believe it. He was like, literally, I go to places three times. And by the third time, it's just an extra sort of like they're usually gone by the second time. And the third time, it's just like an extra like assurance sort of thing. But it was because the people downstairs didn't deal with it at all. So we right. like threw things away, cleaned everything, washed everything repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't do anything downstairs, so they were still there downstairs. Right, right. They Ugh. just make their way up. We ne- I never bounced back. Nightmare. Yeah, I, like I said, never got bites, but I could feel them at night, and it, it fucks with you. Uh, so, yeah, let's describe the place. It was a giant three-bedroom apartment, yep. and we had the sweetest deck, like... Uh, even though it got scalding hot in the summer because it was like roofing, basically. The yeah, it was like just... Uh, Roofing. I remember there was that weed that grew so strong. <laughs> the garbage weed. The garbage tree. The garbage tree, right? There was a little pile of like like actual garbage. Actual like garbage. Cigarette butts. Yeah. Mud. Yeah. Like just it, disgusting. It was a little like uh where the drain was on the <laughs> on the patio. It just like so everything that drained from the patio collected in there. Like yeah. you said, cigarette butt whatever, anything. Um, and garbage juice, so it was always kind of wet, and there was yeah. this brown weed, strong weed that grew, <laughs> this tree up to like three But feet. it was so strong and healthy, <laughs> growing out of nothing, out of garbage and poison. <laughs> the garbage tree. That was a fun apartment, it good was. times. We had, uh, oh, and this is one thing you get used to, too, in New York, you just get used to cockroaches. Remember, yeah. this is my strategy, every time I would open the, <laughs> the cutlery drawer... <laughs> Uh, and I'm such a pussy when it comes to bugs. 
Uh, I cannot deal. Like I've killed like big animals, bugs. No problem. He's a serial killer. I kill like humans hun- for sport, <laughs> but like a cockroach. Freak me the fuck out. So this is my strategy. I would open the um, cutlery drawer and, and walk away. Not okay. even. I just open it and walk away because they scurry when they see light or whatever. So I'd open it, do a quick lap around the kitchen and come back to it. But so many times you'd open the, the cutlery drawer and you'd see like two, three cockroaches just sort of oh. scatter. And uh, oh, yeah. You know what? After the bed bugs, like I'm, nothing grosses me out. Yeah, well... Uh, I know you guys weren't really that phased by the cockroaches. Because it was something we had trapped. Like, it was just an ongoing. New York is a city of just, like, battle. Yeah. All the time. Just full just struggle. Just fucking battle. Like, everything's trying to kill you. You're <laughs> trying to kill it. I would actually, uh, this was my strategy when I saw, uh, if I saw, like, a dead cockroach or someone, a, a half-dead cockroach or half-alive, going to be positive, <laughs> I would see it. I would leave it there until one of you guys would find it. By then, I would be mentally prepared to, like, dispose of it. So, like, I'd ignore it. <laughs> but I saw it, like, on the windowsill, like, ignore it and just, like, okay. And then, like, 10 minutes later, I'd hear, you know, you or Jen, like, oh, God. And then I I got this. Yeah. I was just, like, mentally psyched out. I remember one time I saw a cockroach that was, like, literally, like, the size of my thumb. Just on the stairs, you know, the stairs going up. Yeah, yeah it was dead there. Yes, it was I'm upside s- down, like, on one of the top stairs. Oh, my stairs, God, you right? remember that? Yeah. Of course, everyone marks me. It was like on the t- first or second yes, stair from yep, the top. Exactly. So, yeah. I know ex- we know the same dead cockroaches. <laughs> it's sort of like having friends in common. Like, oh, remember the dead cockroach <laughs> on the second stair? That was massive. It was huge. It was so huge. One morning we woke up, Jen and I, and there was one. I had an iPod Nano and I put it next to it, took a picture. It was like, like two inch. It was upside down. And I couldn't believe how giant this thing was. So fucking But gross. again, cockroaches, not a fan, don't get me wrong, but they don't feed off your blood and That's try right. and ruin your life. Yeah, they're just gross. They're just gross. But they're at least, I don't know, they seem cleaner mm-hmm. than, say, a rat. We yeah. never had mice or rats, which is Never. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it sounds like we're animals. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it does sound like we lived in a dive, but it was actually a nice place. It's just that just New comes York. With, that's yeah, just New it's York. Just gross. Yeah. There's unless, too many humans. Unless it's a brand new building. Even then, I'm sure something gross is going on in there. Oh, 100%. And so we lived on 31st and Ditmars yep. in Astoria. Yeah. And uh, our neighborhood was great. We had uh, no partners. Yes. McCann's. Yes. Which we always went to. Mojave. Mojave. Classic. Sangritas. Uh, sangritas. Which is sangria, red sangria with uh, frozen margarita mix. So, well, for me, one, you're in the bag. That's when I was dubbed the East Coast Lightweight. Yes, because Julian would come out. And then, like, the New York pours are insane. And then it's just nonstop. Well, for example... Um, no Partners, this, this dive bar we went to, they do buybacks, which a lot of borough, boroughs do, borough bars, yep. borough drinking, as you say. Uh, they, your fourth one is on the house where they put an upside down shot glass when you're in the middle of your third drink, and then the next one's on the house. But they free pour. They're like, uh, when you get a vodka soda, which we were all drinking vodka sodas, everyone, that was just the go-to. Yeah. It's like a triple. Yeah. Every drink is a triple, for sure. And I could never get my buyback. I'd always be so <laughs> hammered. Let's talk about uh, No Partners a little bit. Let's introduce uh, the that chapter of our lives to the world. No, So No Partners, picture a really narrow dive bar uh, with a sort of a jukebox. Yeah. Uh, the bar is sort of the whole length of the place, except for the back, there's a pool table. 
And then there's a, a weird gaming room, like a yeah. But you were never really allowed in that <laughs> room. Like it was all weird. Yeah, there was like a shady. So there was like a shady machine in that room. Yeah, that I think was for gambling. Like it was all bizarre, and the bathroom had like a like kick holes in the door. Yeah, and yeah. often instead of actual hand soap, there'd just be like a thing of like palm olive. Yeah, <laughs> as your like hand soap with um, <laughs> and the the. To wipe your hands was like paper towel on like a wire that was like <laughs> nailed to the, and you just like get it off of that. But we did a lot of drinking in there. Yeah. So many characters. There's Cousin Frankie. Yeah. Big Paul. Yeah. Uh, Laura. Yes. Of course. Uh, Joni the Jokester. Yes. <laughs> Who I actually never met Joni. Oh my God. That was, Jen and I were obsessed. Was she the, the nipple puller? Yes. Okay. Tell It's it. too weird. To, has Jen ever talked about it? Uh, Jen would almost, you'll have to do another podcast where Jen and I, maybe you should just do a whole podcast called No Partners. Actually, that would be a good idea. Oh my God, it would be the most powerful podcast ever. Uh, actually, why don't we, uh, why don't we take a short break? Oh, okay. Get a, get a drink. Maybe you should get a drink. Maybe. Oh. Uh, and let's get Jen in here because I do want to talk about it. I think it's so funny. Okay. I think it'd be, uh, and then after that, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more and uh, get into it all right uh we'll be right back with uh, christine von hagen break this episode hey it's break time that's right breaky breaky hey hey break 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 this episode of the julian dion comedy hour podcast episode 16 with christine von hagen is brought to you once again by echo one photography toronto listeners i'm talking to you breath if you're in the Toronto area and you're looking to get some headshots done for whatever reason, you're a comedian, you're an actor, you're a musician, you're a business guy, woman, whoever, go to Echo One Photography. They'll give you some great headshots. Also, if you own a business and you're looking to get some per- product photography for e-commerce or advertising purposes, look no further. Echo One Photography does that too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Contact Eugene. Email today. Email Eugene, that's E-U-G-E-N-E at Echo1Photography.com and enter J-D-C-H in the subject line for special offers. Do it! Do it! All right, and we're back with Christine Von Hagen (laughs) and uh, Jen Grant uh, sits in. Hello, Jen. Hello there. Oh, intimate. I know. If you could see how close they are, you'd think they were a couple or something. Sharing the same mic. Uh, we're gonna get into the no partners thing before, but uh, or in a sec. But before, touch on the um, bed bugs because we talked about it a little bit and describe the. Too soon. <laughs> uh, Christine was talking about uh, when she'd be in the shower and you could hear her. Remember the time I got was like covered in bites and I was so itchy. Oh yeah. And then I just started screaming in yeah. the shower. <laughs> But they made us crazy. Like, we were so itchy and so fucked up. Yeah, and you had it the worst. And I remember we kept track of how many bites we had because we wanted to see if the poison was working. So we'd have a piece of paper on our fridge that said, like, and it was, I think it was mostly you because you had so many. Like, you had eight on your face, eight bed bugs bites on on her face. And then, like, it would be like, I remember eight on the face was huge because you know it's bad when it's on your face. Oh, and all of our arms. Yeah. Oh, and the legs. And they were so itchy. It makes me itchy right now. I know. Even just talking about it Uh. makes me squirm. Like, it's... It's one of the worst things that's ever happened to us. Absolutely. Like, people are like, how could it be bad? It's the worst. The worst, the worst, the worst. Remember when we slept in the living room (laughs) one night? And And you you slept in the chair with the, like, ottoman, and I slept on the couch. (laughs) We became insane people. We were drinking a lot. 
to which that really hasn't changed would. for me. But yeah, no, we changed. We drank a lot. Any human would. We had to. Given those circumstances. We were trying to kill the bed bugs with vodka. Yeah. Like that, oh, they're going to bite us and die of alcohol poisoning. Mm-hmm. And they loved you so much because it was like oh. a Bloody Mary. <laughs> Uh, okay, now we talked about uh, no partners. We're going through the list of uh, the characters that were there, and um, cousin Frankie and so on. Joni the jokester came up. Describe her. Jen does the best Joni the jokester impression ever. Okay, well, w- okay, so we were known as like Canada. Yeah, like individually in or together, we're just Canada. So we'd walk in and be like, Canada's here. Yeah, and then remember Laura. Laura was great. Laura's Did you talk about Laura yet? No, yeah, no. Okay. I was like, get Jen in here. It's okay. Not so Laura me. was from Long Islands, and she talked like that, and she had like her long fingernails. And one time, Christine was like, Laura, your arms are so toned. How do you have them? <laughs> like, they're so lean and toned. And she goes, oh, I, I don't know. I just blow dry my hair. We're like, yeah, everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Why are you? That Why do you have pipes? How heavy is your <laughs> hair dryer? Yeah. yeah, pipes. She had good arms. She did. So anyways, one day we were in there one night and we saw this character. This It was like watching a movie. Yeah. You didn't even feel like I'd never seen anything like it. So we're sitting there at the bar and there's this girl drinking, a woman drinking a Coors Light. And she's really wasted and she's like talking about how sex with her husband is really boring now because it's so predictable. But she was wasted. So she was saying way too much. Way too much. And so she's like, you know, when you're with someone for a long time and you just know they're going to fucking come. And then she does this whole act out yeah. like three, two, two one. <laughs> but as she's doing the three, two, one <laughs> to the reach the orgasm, she's actually pulling on her nipples. And I don't think she had a bra on. And it was like really like aggressive. Uh, yeah. Like milking, milking her own nipples. Yes. Milking her own teeth. But teats. like three, two, one. Bleh, like it was like. It was one of the most <laughs> disturbing things we've ever seen. But we're really lo- we're wa- love watching it, like even though it's disturbing. And the reason I brought up Laura was because Laura said, "Oh, Joni, did you know Joni? This is Joni the Jokester." And I was like, "Oh, cool, nice." Because everyone then, has a weird nickname. Yeah, that was the big thing. And then so I don't know if we brought it up or Laura brought it up, but somebody said or we Laura said, brought it up Laura, for sure. Okay. We were like trying to just yeah maintain keep it on the down low. So like Laura's like, "Oh, you know what, Joni? You you're really funny." These are actual stand-up comics. And then she clammed up. Yeah, she shut down. And we were like, no, no, no. You got a lot of magic, sister. Yeah. She didn't do the three, two, one anymore. It was really, it's, you you can't really reenact it. It was just the most disturbing thing. And um, it's like bed bugs and then Joni the Jokester. I I wanted to segue into this. Uh, I'm going to try to do it like talk show style, like it's coming up naturally. Have either of you ever seen anyone or witnessed anyone <laughs> eat, eat money in your lives? Funny you should ask. Uh, yes. Because also, I think, was it Friday nights, uh, whoever would order, like, my Cousin Frankie, one of the bartenders, would order, like, these pizzas mm-hmm. from Brooklyn that were apparently epic, but always were kind of gross, really. Yeah. And then you could just grab a slice, and it was just sort of the Friday night tradition. And then, so one guy whose name uh-huh. eludes me, but he was always there, mm-hmm. and he like because it was all TVs above the bar, so everyone's like, you know, it's New York, it's sports crazy, right? It's like Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees, you name it. So everyone's watching, 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 and then all of a sudden we hear cousin Frankie scream, "Stop it! Spit that out! Mm-hmm. Spit it out! Spit it out!" So of course we're like, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. And the dr- super drunk guy had just picked up a dollar bill that was his change. 
and started eating it because he thought it was the pizza. And so he spits out this half-eaten dollar bill. And you know how grubby American singles are, just like... And then Frankie's like, that was my tip. Like, he's all mad. Like, he's how like, fucked up do you have to be? To eat, like, to half eat a dollar money. bill. Like, not even, like, put it in your mouth and go, oh, God. Like, eating it. Like, you said that pizza wasn't good, but it's not <laughs> that bad. It's that not you grubby American like, dollar bill. Yeah. Good, bad. And uh, it w- it w- we spent so much time there that, uh, you know, I mean, we would go there. And especially you guys, it, w- it sort of became your own spot. Like, you'd use the, the karaoke. You'd take over the, not karaoke, but the, the uh, jukebox. jukebox. Oh, yeah. Uh, you'd accept phone calls. <laughs> There was this super shady payphone that people would just get calls on. So, of course, we're like, mm-hmm. we want to get calls. And then Christina, our friend, like, came and we all hung out. Like, we hung out there so much. It's true. And brought, like, everyone we knew to this shady, shady bar. It was really fun. It was a lot of laughs. And then so Christina got the number and then would phone the payphone. And we'd, like, take calls on the payphone just to try and fit in. I remember my f- my first time there... Um, I was convinced Cousin Frankie poisoned me because I'd never been so hungover. Because <laughs> you just kind of sit there and you get lost in, in this world That's world true. of TVs and any music you want to play. We'd play our own music. So imagine having a bar that you get to decide what plays. And I we'd like sometimes play like Anne Murray. Like we play like things like ACDC, like classics. And then we slip in like Snowbird or something and just kind of... Play it cool. Cousin Frankie would get mad at me sometimes for my selection of music. Like I'd play Pearl Jam or My Morning Jacket and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> we knew what would play and then we'd kind of, we played like Tragically Hip all the time. Like we'd get like our CanCon in, just like, we played Summer of 69 all the time. Yeah. And I had that one song that I always played, Alanis Morissette. Yes. What a nerd I am. <laughs> um and we weren't used to the strong drinks at all. Like, I obviously would rather have more booze and add mix. So we would ask for what. OK, so basically it would come in like a, would you say a six ounce glass? Yeah, maybe? like a little, little glass. Yeah. And it would be three quarters full of ice or I mean, full of ice, three quarters vodka and a splash of club soda. Which is like even for seasoned drinkers like ourselves was yeah. like gross. So we were like, we want the same amount of vodka, just in t- like more soda. Yeah. And that was like a whole confusing thing. That was like, controversial. Yeah. And then the owner was like, no more tall glasses. And was no. like, we don't want any more vodka. We just want more soda. Yeah. And it just never really translated. Because even if you start off with that six ounce glass, which has three quarters of uh, vodka, and you have a side of soda that you keep adding to it, you still have to take those first few drinks that are like pure vodka. And then they had to pour it like in the glass, but it would still be the same amount of vodka. And then they'd put more soda in. It was like a whole like we were using up like four glasses each for no reason. I know. And then I remember one time we went in there and I said... We asked for our special thing, yeah. and the girl said, oh, yeah, I heard about you guys, and we're not allowed to do that anymore. It's like, it's just extra clubs. Yeah, it was a strange, it was a very strange place. Yeah, you'd get a glass and then a side uh, Stella glass with, uh, <laughs> with soda. And, and then we'd that. have to, like, mix it in. Even though we're like, just put the exact amount of vodka in, you'd put it in the other glass, and then just put it in the bigger glass. Yeah. It was so much fun because it was such a like turning TSN turning point place. By by that I mean like 
we'd have an early night in or we'd go to the city. Some One of us would do a spot somewhere, then on our way back. Let's go for one. That was always the line. That was always the line. We'll one. go for one. Should we go for one? Let's we'd debate for, at yeah. the gate, at yeah. our gate. Yeah. Like, do we go upstairs or do we go for one? Let's go for one. And then cut to three hours later, we're stumbling home. Just like, And it was like half a block from our house. Like yeah. It was so disturbingly close. We were scared the first time to go in, remember? Yeah. It was scary. It is still scary. Yeah. I mean, and then, like, it's a scary place, and what do we do? Go in and get completely wasted. <laughs> like, so we can't defend ourselves. We're, we might as well But, like, Laura money. was there, yeah. and Laura was, like, an she's angel on Earth. Like, yeah. so entertaining, yeah. so nice. Yeah, like, it wasn't... so nice. And then, yeah. And then we had our weird friends there. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of anything else. There was one more thing I was going to say about No Partners. Uh, oh, the buyback. Oh, yeah. yeah Julian so, touched on oh, it. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can the, never get the buyback. I was like, I got to go after three. But the first time we got it, we thought we had to do a shot. We were like super freaked out. And, and remember, uh, <laughs> we got weed from there one time? Yes. <laughs> it was such an operation. I won't name names, but we uh, we were looking for some weed, and we found out the bartender could hook us up. So <laughs> I remember it was like, you go in. Because in Canada, we're just you, you grab it off someone, you meet them on the street, just do the exchange, like no big deal, whatever. And uh, I remember we lined it up. So I show up. I had to put, I have to sit at the bar. He pours me a soda, gives me the soda. I have to put the money under a coaster. Oh, no. I shake the bartender's hand, give him the handoff, the money. He puts it under a coaster. And he goes to the back room. He disappears. Another guy comes, swipes the coaster off, like with the with his hand, puts it on top, grabs the money. He does. He just pockets the money or whatever. And then, uh, three minutes later, guy comes out the back, walks behind me. I'm sitting at the bar. Walks behind me, puts his hand on my shoulder. I put my hand on top of his. He slides his out, and there's a little like dime bag of weed in it. But it's like the dustiest, smallest uh, bag. <laughs> like so, it's like a dime bag, fifty bucks. Yeah. Was, and wow. and then. Uh, and th- he's so committed, he just walks out and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah. he was working one minute, next minute he's just like... Out the door. Out the door and gone. <laughs> uh, good old no partners. Uh, but McCann's was our other go-to. Mm-hmm. We loved it there too. We would go to the gym, which the gym was a whole scene. Yeah. Everything's a scene. <laughs> Key Foods was a scene. It the was. gym was a feat. The liquor store was a scene. Everything was hilarious. And we'd go to the gym and then we'd go to McCann's and yeah. we'd have nachos and so wings. Good. And it was perfect because I like really cheesy Side nachos. Yeah. And Jen preferred not so much cheese. And she likes the uh, flapper part of the wing. And I like the <laughs> drumstick. We so we pretty couple. much had like a perfect couple situation. And then again, we just get into our vodka sodas. And cheap, remember? Oh, my God. And then we we'd have- drink and eat like so much cheese, so full, boozed up. And it $20. would be like $20 yeah. for the bill. And, and we're remember like, um, Sangritas? Oh. Yes. Oh, did you already talk about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the sangritas at Mojave. Like, yeah. That oh, was so the best. I remember complaining about the arugula because <laughs> uh, I wanted fresh arugula. Like I was at Key Foods, the grocery store, and the expiry date said a day before that day. So I was like, oh, I was just wondering if you have any fresher arugula. And somebody went to the back, came back with one more person. And that, the next person goes... What's the problem? What's yeah, wrong? The managers are like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, so like it was this major thing. I'm like, I just want to know if you have like arugula that's not expired. He's like, just one minute. They come back three, three people this time. What's the problem? What's wrong? 
Um, your arugula is expired, but don't worry about it. Yeah, like, this it's is like it's gone too far. Yeah. How about the announcements at Key Foods? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. They'd be like, yeah, what? Because in, in any sort of grocery store, it's like really official, mm-hmm. but but there it's like... Uh, Maria. Maria, come to the front. Maria, you're in the f- uh, the wrong aisle. Maria. It would like scare you. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah. Like, Jim, 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 your shirt's on backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is this being announced? <laughs> oh, uh, Fuck. Good old New York days. So good. <laughs> Key foods. Shit. Key foods. <laughs> um, okay, do you want to do this thing? Do you want to do the segment? We do a segment. Maybe you want to do it. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's... Uh, Called crazy or key foods. <laughs> <laughs> okay, th- let's go over the segment. Do you want to tell her what it is? Sure. And you, then you can decide if you want to do... Oh, God. It. Pressure's um, on. Okay. Yeah. We're going to take uh, a 10-second break. We're going to explain the segment and be right back after this short break. Ten, ten, a second break. Ten, ten second, ten, ten, ten second break. Hey, if you own a business or anything really that you want to promote or advertise on the podcast, here's where it would go. Just here, imagine now, this is a blank canvas. Imagine your your product or service being advertised to the millions of people listening. Well, this is where it would be. So if you do want to uh, advertise, please email pod, P-O-D at jdcomedyhour.com, 10 to 10, 10, 10, second break, over. All right, and we are back, and uh, we're in a bit of a time crunch, so we're going to uh, forego the segment. Jen's off. She's gone. She's no longer. Yeah, she's just like, if you're not going to do this segment, I'm fucking out of here. I'm out of here. She left in a huff. Yeah, super bad. So, um, okay, we're going to go for the close here in a minute. But first, uh, let's talk about uh, uh, an event that marked us both uh, deeply <laughs> in our lives. Uh, the Great Poisoning of 2013. <laughs> the Great Poisoning. So as we drink and we don't drink, as adults do, mm-hmm. I had stopped drinking. And when I stop drinking, I get very, very crabby. Very Super th- crabby. This, this is Christine. She does a thing called clock roboting that um, Jen has uh, dubbed, where she'll be, get really disciplined for a few weeks of like not drinking and everything's timed perfectly. Yeah, she eating goes, certain meals, going to the gym. like Everything's timed right down to the minute. Like, Jen will be like, oh, let's go have something to eat. And I'll be like, not till one o'clock. Yeah, so. you can't throw any activity in there. It'll throw it off. Yeah. So there's nothing you got. So she's a clock robot. It's right down to the minute. And uh, and it works for her. So, oh, party! Oh my God, something insane is happening <laughs> next door. And um, so she was on one of these clock robot stints. Uh, she being you, <laughs> I'm talking to the people. Christine was not drinking, and she was, as she says, crabby. <laughs> and it's a nice summer day. We're at one of our locals, the Poor House in Toronto. Yeah, we're up on the upper patio. Mm-hmm. Beautiful day. Everyone's ordering a beer or a cider, something reasonable, a vodka soda tall. Everyone has a drink. And then Christine orders a soda. So I, under my breath, tell the waitress, put some vodka in there. And she's like, oh, really? Really? Are you sure? Because that's a pretty serious thing. To, you know, someone orders a non-alcoholic drink and then someone else goes, put vodka in it. So she's like, are you sure? 
Like, yes, trust me, just put vodka in her drink. I thought you'd, you'd taste it right away. Right. It'd so be like I a big joke. Like, drink this, vo- this vodka soda, which I just think is like a club soda. Down that, boom. Uh, and then it was like... Waitress comes around waitress again. Waitress comes around again. And then Julian whispers, make it a double. And I don't know anything. So the second drink comes. I'm like, this one will tip her off. Like She'll taste it. It'll be a big joke, big reveal. Like, oh, this tastes like vodka. Yeah, I did it. Nothing. But then now in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually having fun now. Cracking jokes. Ma- loving life. And I'm like, ma- I actually thought maybe I don't need alcohol to have fun. Like... <laughs> And I was it, like, oh, this is like a nice day. I'm enjoying this company. <laughs> Next drink comes around. Uh, another double. Another double. Still nothing. And now I'm like, oh, this is, I can have fun without alcohol. I'm enjoying my friends. And to see the arc of your mood was amazing. It was like, <laughs> it started off, you were so quiet and just like, meh, whatever, you were there. And then like midway through the second drink, like you were cracking jokes. You're just, you're the life of the party now. You're like. <laughs> so after we finish that and I leave about like a quarter of the drink left there. And then Julian's like, you should really finish your drink. And I'm like like club soda like i paid once and you have your weird refills he's like well you should just finish it and i was like really and he's like yeah so i like finish it (laughs) but then even i was like that's weird but i didn't like spark anything that dramatic in my head then we're like halfway out and then he just turns to me and was like i have to tell you something (laughs) and i was like what and he's like you've been drinking double vodka sodas Uh. and i was all like oh my fucking god (laughs) And then I just like lashed out like a drunk. I was like, I feel bad for you. That was the best part. <laughs> I feel bad for you guys. You. She's like, I'm fine with it. It's you that I feel bad for. You can't even be. <laughs> what was your lot? I can't even. <laughs> it was something about, I. you know, yeah, you can't even entertain me if I'm so. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was so funny. Uh, anyway, since then, she's about to uh, poison me. Yeah, I don't know how and I don't Still know what hasn't happened. It's been 10 months since I've had a drink. So it'll be dramatic when you do poison. Oh yeah, no. I thought tonight was the night. I'm gonna come to Vegas uh, in in when pool season starts in March. Yeah, like March, April. Yeah, so I'm gonna come then. So maybe maybe you can poison me. Oh my God, you're not gonna get out of Vegas without drinking. That's just not even gonna happen. I won't even poison you. The city will poison you. <laughs> right. I don't think. So. I wonder how many times a year Vegas has done sober. Oof. People have done it. My friend Erica did it. She yeah. doesn't drink, and her mom doesn't drink, and then they went to Vegas, and I was just like. Why would you guys go there? Yeah. But some people are serious about their non-drinking and that happens. Mine is just a cleanse. Yours, yeah. See, the thing is, if you were like, I ruined my life and like punched my sister, I'd be like, (laughs) yeah, okay. Maybe you shouldn't drink. But you are a good drunk, a cheap drunk. East Coast lightweight. Yeah. But still a fun drunk and a good drunk. So you have no reason not to drink. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so you're in Vegas now. Yes. And uh, just doing the thing there, doing some shows. Because now you're a full-fledged citizen of the United yes, States. Yes, I'm now a dual citizen. Dual so citizen. I have both everything. Which is a huge Yeah, uh, huge so I can, I can put on my American hat. I can put on my Canadian hat. It was funny. I had um, my American friend Tracy over. I don't. She's just my friend, but she's also American. <laughs> and we speak American to each other. <laughs> and then I had a call about a job. And then so I had this whole call and was talking away. But like also like someone i know so i'm like gossiping and just you know chatting away mm-hmm. and then uh later that day well there was another canadian in town and then she said something and then she just turned to me like super dramatic and was like i don't know who you were talking to earlier but you sounded so canadian <laughs> and i was like how fucking dare you and she's like it was insane it was like you turned it on <laughs> and i was like oh my god that's the worst thing you could possibly say to me 
And uh, so down there, what's what's the big plan? You're just going to, uh, I guess, just you're just working all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, we love Vegas, and uh, we have an awesome apartment. And right now, my husband's working in Santa Barbara, and then I'm still traveling. The thing was, like, especially living in New York, you're paying so much rent, and then still to make money doing comedy, you're always traveling. Right. So now we have a sweet pad, lots of flights in and out of Vegas. And, uh, you know, we just, it's a fun place. Like, I'm going back there tomorrow. It's cold and dark and rainy here. Yeah. It's going to snow next week for sure. Oh, and yeah. And it's 82 degrees in Vegas. Yeah. And it's like you said, people don't often think of that because uh, it's usually like a gambling, drinking destination. But for a comedian or anyone traveling, it's perfect. It's like you said, you can get a, a home for like very little yeah. a really nice home yeah. and you can travel from there like cheap flights uh, yeah. in and out and uh, it's like five hour drive to la lots of flights everywhere all the time we like being there you know yeah. we're close to the strip but we have you know a normal house with a kitchen yeah yeah and, yeah like because yeah you know every time you go it's like you're just always like oh we have to go out to eat and have to do this but here's like oh I can just go visit the insanity and then leave. And we're sitting in your empty apartment now, and it's just sinking. It's just hitting me now that you're leaving because I've had you around. I lived with you in New York for two and a half years, and then we moved to Toronto, and the yeah. next month you moved uh, our neighbors yeah. in the same building. Yeah. So we went from living together in the same uh, apartment to neighbors, but literally your living room now distance-wise to my bedroom is probably closer than our place in New York. It's true. And uh, so I'm going to miss you. I'm, I know. Uh, this is going to be But I'll weird. be back. Once the snow melts, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll it, be weird. I know. Part of me is like, ooh. But it'll be fine. Yeah. We'll we'll see each other. Yeah, for sure. Just not on the daily, which hurts. Yeah. Because uh, of uh, your whole family. I know I hang out with your parents when I'm in Victoria. I hang out with my brother. Your brother with my Toronto. parents. Full family. Full fam. I might change my last name to Von Hagen Why or then? Von Dion. <sighs> Von Dion's a good name. <laughs> Just add the Von. <laughs> Always add the Von. <laughs> small V. <laughs> Always small V. Always small V. Um, d- is there anything you want to plug at K Von Hagen on Twitter? Yeah, at K Von Hagen on Twitter. Uh, ChristineVonHagen.com. You'll never spell it right, so don't worry about that. And uh, yeah, just at Twitter. That's where the magic happens. That's Twitter. where the magic happens. Just me complaining about moving. <laughs> That's the magic. <laughs> Is there uh, anything else you want to add? Are you happy with everything? You're good? Uh... Yeah, I'm super happy with everything. What else? Yeah, that's it. Well, thanks for doing it. Thanks I just gave you double me. thumbs up. I, I never do that. That was it weird. It was weird. It was like he was like politician <laughs> Julian. Like this is what happens when you're sober. Like double thumbs up. <laughs> that was neat. Anyway, you are one of my favorite people Aww. in the world, I love and you, Jules. Uh, I love you very much. And thanks for doing the podcast. And see you uh, in Vegas in March. See you in Vegas. Oh, I cannot wait. Oh my god. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. Okay. And there it is, episode 16 in the books. Locked down. That's right. Thanks to my guest, Christine Von Hagen, KVH, Chrissy Diamonds. That was fun. Thanks to my producer, Adam Fox, and my sound engineer, Miles Lacroix. And thanks to you, always, always you. Toronto listeners, come to Absolute Comedy tonight. That's Tuesday, November 11th. Remembrance Day, lest we forget. Go to Facebook.com slash JD Comedy Hour. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at JD Comedy Hour. What else? 
Be email, email the show. Yeah, email me. That's right. Pod, P-O-D, at jdcomedyhour.com. What else can I say? I think that's it. Tune in Friday. New episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you like the podcast, spread the word. Share it around if you could. Spread the love. Why not? I'm trying to think of a reason why not, and none come to mind. So, do it up. Share. Share the shit out of it. Watch your head. The whole world wants a piece of my head, but they all get a piece of my mind instead. I'll roll over and go back to bed. It's such a beautiful waste of time. It's just a waste of time. A beautiful waste of Check it. One, two. Whoa, whoa. Oh. check it. One, two. Oh, hello. <laughs> There's a lot of checking it going on. Okay. I wonder if I should quickly pour a drink before this Oh, starts. fuck yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Make a stiff one. <laughs> Make it stiff. Get loose. I almost feel you should have a VNS on air. <laughs> All right. Eating it. Mike, that is. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just get into it. We'll talk about um, the early days a little bit, New York days. I don't even know if I remember the early days. The uh, New York, the L.A. days. We'll just just get deep. (laughs) Oh, shit, we're going deep. Deep it. Check, check. Okay, talk how you would talk normally. All right, we're probably going to talk like this. Mm -hmm. We're going to go deep. We're going to check it. (laughs) We're going to talk about the poisoning, whether you want to or not. Great poisoning. The Great Poisoning. Of 2012, maybe? 20, probably 13. 13, yeah. yeah I think Early I'm, 2013. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, all right. That's what we should start with. Everything else, comedy be damned.